When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers well welcome to 2021 it is the first last minute blues podcast of the year uh, i am uh, donnie fandango from 1057 the point jeff burton uh, also from the point and our homie a uh, former st louis blue defenseman as well as teammate over at 101 espn Jamie Rivers. Gentlemen, Happy New Year. How you doing? Oh, Merry New Year. Merry New Year. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to start singing again like that ad that you do. On, that is a killer oh, ad, gosh, though. Seriously. It really is. I've had a couple of labels call me. Really? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not not at all. No. I think one thing I want to say when we as we get things going today, with the season starting on the 13th, one of the things that, that, that Jeff, Jamie, and I have talked about is getting you guys a more consistent uh, Last Minute Blues podcast. That's right. Yeah. And so... I believe they call it growing up. I think so. That's it. <laughs> That's it. A little, a little maturity. It's been tough for us. So what we are going to uh, do is give you guys a show Mondays and Thursdays. All right? So... Uh, and, and we'll have to work on the timing of what part of the day, but that's what we're going to do because there's going to be, I mean, so much hockey to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we're talking two, three games a week we're minimum, like four, four games, games a, a week, week probably. So we're going to have a lot. Week. Yeah, so we're going to have a lot to talk about. So uh, we are going to use this this space to, uh, you know, and also too, I don't know how you guys view this, but like me personally, this is just a very fun outlet for me. To just kind of shoot the crap with my buddies about the blues, so like I, this is like not a work thing, buddies, really. Jeff. Yeah, we're buddies. Uh, we're, yeah, we're buddies, Donnie. And yeah, if we're... you're new to the podcast, <laughs> Jeff and Jamie love to give me loads and loads of crap. So you know what? This will happen this episode and everyone thereafter. You are getting yours now because it is Buffalo Bill season. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah, is yeah. Buffalo Bill fan time. That shirt right there, first time in what the, the the decade? No, the I millennium. So. The millennium. I mean, I mean okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. I just want real quick story. Oh, that we're going to talk put me through a table. No, here. not you. No, 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 not you. But that would be awesome um, <laughs> because you'd be cool about it. Um, so yesterday I was with the kids and Mary and we went to, to West County Mall uh, and it was Mary's birthday. She wanted to spend a little money and I just want to get out of the house. Sure. So there is a particular gray Buffalo Bill sideline cap that I have been looking for. All right. But with Christmas and stuff, I, I didn't buy it. And so I went into this store yesterday at West County Mall and I saw the hat. Oh, boy. So I'm looking through the sizes, and the guy that's working there doesn't look up from his phone and says, can I help you find a team? And oh, I said, boy. And I said, uh, Buffalo Bills, what do you got, Buffalo Bills? And he said, ah, another bandwagoner for the Bills. <laughs> and I'm not lying. 
that I took the hat that was in my hand, I him? put it back on the shelf, and I walked out of the store without buying the hat. What? Yes. Yeah. No, he saw okay. you do it? Did he? Yeah. In oh, front 100%. Of him? Yeah. Oh, that was the perfect time for a Donnie so Rage. Dude, like, like, I couldn't. It. I could not believe. Like, like I don't. Crazy. I don't spend $35 on a hat willy nilly. No. Okay. Uh-uh. But I was going to buy this son of a bitch because it's so sharp, man. It would look good on me. I'd represent you my You let dudes. him get the best of you, though. What do you mean I let him get the best well, of you? You let him get the best of you because he called you a bandwagoner and you left the hat there like you were a bandwagoner. Oh, but see, that's I, what he's like. He's like, yeah, see, he doesn't even like Buffalo. This oh, guy. see, yeah, but, but, okay, well, first of all, I'm not going to show that guy my closet and all my Buffalo Bills shirts and hats and, and I hoodies. Have, I have pictures of him in my closet. <laughs> yeah, we don't, uh, fine. I can we don't show open him. the closet. No. Especially I do, but you know what, though? <laughs> but as you say that, though, I really do wish I had the hat. I know, I know. Dude, I tell you, you got to go back there. And you've got to like sh- take a bunch of pictures and be like, "Does this look like a bandwagoner, dude?" I know you're making your whatever per hour, and you're more interested in your Snapchat. But, dude, I have been hurting. I, listen, man, <laughs> I get for it. years. I'm going to take this out on you. Listen, I get it that you're lining up booty for the evening. That's sure, fine. Yeah, that's why I could look up wanna, from the phone. I don't want to want to want to stop that from happening. No, no, uh-uh. no. But I'm a fan, man. That hurt my feelings. That's it. That hurt. Man, my you work at a, sp- at a so sports instead- place like that, and that's what comes out. Your mouth? Yeah, you should probably be a little bit better about that too, on, though. Timmy, so instead of the hat, he bought the T-shirt. Oh right. no, I've had this. No, 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 I've had this. I've had this since I'm not a bandwagon. He's guy. had it since they made the playoffs. Don't call him a bandwagoner, and if you do, it's not going to upset him at I mean, all. He is. If I, people are listening right now. You can only imagine that Donnie has gone from pacing in this studio to on the chair, off the chair, on the chair, off the chair. Now he's back on the chair mm-hmm. talking about his bills. Yeah, because I've decided I don't like you guys anymore. That's <laughs> that's what I've decided in the first five minutes of doing Jeff, this. I'm not sure it took that all I... of how long? <laughs> we are four and a half minutes in, gentlemen. Wow, that's longer than four usual. Four and a half right. minutes in. So, that aside, guys, we really have many, many reasons to be excited about our hockey team yeah. again, man. These guys are going to be really stinking good. You know, uh, training camp starts tomorrow. Starts my, today, 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 uh, being Sunday. So my guess is the first person that does any kind of lollygagging, uh, Craig Baruby is going to pick them up and throw them in a bin outside of the Centene. There is going to be no room for coming in there and warming things up. you got to be ready to go the second that you walk in that building, I bet. Look, they've been getting after it for a little over a month now, guys who've been in town, and... Yeah, there's no room for that. Look, Chief was so pissed last year, and so was the core of the team when they went to the bubble and they weren't quite ready, you know? And they played it off at first as, well, these are just games. We're trying to find our game. And that was a strategy from Chief because he knew they don't have it right now. We're Hopefully, they're going to have it by the time we get to our first playoff game, but they didn't. And then they did battle COVID. Like Doug Armstrong has publicly said, you know, 20% of the team had COVID, and as we're finding out, like the aftermath of COVID can be tough. And Colton Pareko and Vince Dunn are two of the guys that looked like they had a rough time in the bubble, but we don't know what they're going through physically or who else was still kind of chugging along at 50, 60, 70%. That being said, when they got back here after the season, Chief was like, okay, guys weren't ready. I don't think guys were committed to their training away from the rink. I don't know if they relieved their strength coach of his duties or they added a guy, but I, or they just added someone, but they did add a guy in the offseason here and, you know, new bunch of captains in there now, Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, and Braden Shen and I have talked a lot and because working, setting up all these skates for them and whatnot, 
they're into it. They're ready to go. If someone doesn't pull their weight today, the first time they get on the ice, there might be bedlam. Somebody might take somebody out. It might be a Bortuzzo Sanford thing again. Yeah, uh, which, baby. And, and, and nobody's going to hate on that. Um, you no, br- look what you, happened last time. You brought up Vince <laughs> Dunn, and I know we wanted to talk about specific people and everything, but Vince Dunn signed recently. Your thoughts on that? The one year deal, less than $2 million, I yeah, believe. Can yeah, can I ask why only a one year deal for Vince Dunn? Because isn't he a guy that we have talked about as somebody that we envision being here for a while? Maybe it was from his side? No. Nope. He just went, oh, really? Nope. Okay. The, guys, here it is. We didn't have to sign him, or we. The Blues didn't have to sign him for longer than a year. And it's actually incredible strategy for Doug Armstrong. What Vince Dunn should do is fire his agent. His agent timed it wrong. Like, coming out of his second contract, Vince Dunn should have had arbitration rights. He fell a year short. So, basically, it's a here's your contract, take it or leave it. You have no leverage. Zero. So, his agent screwed that up by by his last contract ending a year too short. So you get a qualifying offer from the Blues, which retains his rights. That's it. So there's no, like, the only option he has is not showing up to camp, holding out. Let me tell you, that's the wrong thing to do when you're Vince Dunn. Why did this take so long to pan out then? I think he was waiting to for the Blues to double back. I think, look, there's been a lot of communication mm. here, and we'll get into it in a little bit about the Mike Hoffman deal and Alexander Steen and all this other stuff that's been going crazy here. But I'm sure Doug Armstrong said to his agent, listen, you need to be patient. I need to find out what I've got left for money when this is all said and done. If there's enough there in the kitty, maybe we'll sweeten the pot. Or maybe he just said, go chase yourself because this is what we're paying you. That's not my fault you screwed up. And I said it a million times on my show, hey, Vince Dunn, sign the damn deal. Sign the damn deal because there's other guys waiting in camp. There's Mikola. There's Perunovic. There's a whole new slew of characters here that are waiting to take your job. And I remember myself, I went through this with Larry Plo. My contract had come to an end, and it was just my entry-level deal. And so I didn't have the arbitration thing back then. And you just took your qualifying offer, or you sat at home. It's, like I said, that's the strategy. So I came to camp, and I went and did all my strength and physical conditioning, testing and all that. And, of course, I was amazing. Right. But anyways. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and then I went home. And I had a choice at that point for the next day. Do I show up and go on the ice without a contract or do I sign the deal that's been put in front of me? And my agent at the time said, you're staying home. We can't risk you going out there, getting hurt, because training camp back then was a bloodbath. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it. And the next morning I woke up and I went to the rink and I got on the ice. By the end of the day, not even I came off the ice, there was a contract waiting for me. Larry Plow was like, look, we really respect the fact you came and you showed us that you want to be a St. Louis Blue. Here's your deal. And there was even a few more bonuses in there that weren't there before. That's why I said to Vince Dunn, sign the damn deal. Just get on the ice with your teammates. Get out there. You've got to become a top four defenseman. If you really want the money, you really want the cake, you know, get out there, earn it. And Sign so that's deal. why that took a little bit longer than it should have. I, I want to stay in the uh, in the defensive uh, side of things. I want to talk about Tory Krug. Can you talk about the player that uh, the Blues are getting? Can you maybe? I know that there is going to be a lot of uh, apples to apples comparisons between him and, and Alex Petrangelo for for whatever reason. But can you more than anything else, man, just talk about the defensive player that he is? Obviously, we saw him absolutely knock Vince Dunn into. Robert Jesus. Thomas. Robert Thomas. Uh, you know, no, so that's can... how hard he hit him. He hit him as Vince Dunn. <laughs> By the time the guy hit the ice, he was Robert, Robert Thomas. Thomas. Well, we, know he's, hit. we know he's got a bit of a physical side to the game, but talk, talk about him as a, as a D-man. So first of all, the la- this is the last time 
we're going to compare Tory Krug to Alex Petrangelo. I didn't mean to. No, no. I just want to say for the record, I, I, I didn't I mean to. I wasn't actually talking to you, okay, Donnie. Good. All right, thanks. I appreciate you owning it, but I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> right. uh, I just meant overall, Blues fans, because Alex Petrangelo is one of the top five defensemen in the NHL. He's no longer here. That's the bottom line. Read into what I just said. He's a top five defenseman in the NHL. He's no longer here. Mm-hmm. We're not getting that in return with Tory Krug. But it was an incredible spin by Doug Armstrong to have Alex Petrangelo walk or decide not to sign the deal. And you turn around within minutes and you have Tory Krug to fill that void. Now, what Tory Krug brings to the table is, yeah, he's extremely competitive. He's not a big guy. He's like 5'8", maybe, 5'9", maybe with heels on, which, mm. Jeff. That's tough to skate that way. You one. like heels, <laughs> really. <laughs> but he's physical. He's a shot blocker. He comes from that Boston Bruins mentality, and we saw that in the playoffs, that he's going to scratch and claw, and you're not going to realize that he's a smaller guy on the ice. Now, is he going to be as reliable as Alex Petrangelo defensively? Is he going to be out there last minute of the game to seal the deal for you? Probably not. Okay, because you do have better guys at that role than him right now. But is he going to be on the ice to get you that goal with the, with your goalie pulled? Are you going to count on him for the power play? Are you going to count on him to generate offense? Guys, he was the third highest point getter for power play points last year in the NHL. Wow. And our power play was third in the NHL last year. So, look, you're adding. It's like pouring gas on a fire right mm-hmm. now. Okay, well, then let's pour even more gas on the fire because Mike Hoffman's numbers on the power play the last four or five years are stupid. I, I don't remember what they were because I, I was – I, I heard think he was fourth in goals for – Power play and power, power play, play goals. goals. Yeah. Like over the course of the last five years. And that's including like Alex Ovechkin. Right. Uh, Kucherov. And at McDavid. least six seasons with at least 20 goals. 20 goals yeah. or more. He's so, had over 60 goals in the last two seasons. Jeez. All right. Well, then let's talk about a a, a, a great problem to have. Mm-hmm. You had the number three power play last year, and then you're bringing in these two guys. Jim Montgomery, what what you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, Monty probably woke up from a wet dream when it happened. Um, but Monty's a really creative offensive guy, too. And what people don't know about Jim Montgomery is he's one of the highest scoring players ever in NCAA history. He played with Paul Correa, University of Maine, when they were unstoppable. I am one of the guys who actually knew that. I, I followed Jim Montgomery in college, believe it or not. I'll be damned. Well, he was yeah. a Blues draft pick. Right, right. right? That's so, and I remember him, yeah. yes. Yeah. And this is like before the internet, so Jeff had to pick up papers. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you even more. I was living in Springfield, Missouri, and watching hockey on like satellite or something at the time, and oh. I would find the main games. Like Did Jim you, Montgomery Were you the games. one that adjusted the rabbit yeah. ears? Yeah, and it was the big, huge ones, too. <laughs> yeah. up on, you know, the big, huge dishes, the, yeah. big, the mesh the ones. The TV was four feet deep. Yeah, I actually, lived, <laughs> I actually lived in one of those for a while down in Springfield. But anyway, Montgomery, lots of weapons for the power. Yeah, look, th- this is going to be an interesting time for the Blues because as great as it is, and Anthony Stalter, who's Mr. Football down there at 101, he, he had a great comparison because he's like, if you have a whole bunch of number one receivers, but you only got one ball, right? And everybody, ask anybody all the time, they're always open. Well, same for a power play. You've got Mike Hoffman, who obviously wants the puck on his stick because he scores a lot. And he should have it there. But you got David Perron on the other side, who was, I think, our number one power play point guy last year. you got Ryan O'Reilly, who has to be on your first power play because of the way he thinks the game and his work ethic. You've got to have Tory Krug out there because he's the third highest scoring player period on the power play where do you go from there how do you structure it right you think automatically that you probably put Hoffman on defense with Krug because he's got that incredible one-timer play him on his offside 
But then he's running into a problem of getting down to the half wall where Ryan O'Reilly usually is. So the Blues, though, the one thing that they did last year, which was incredible, is they just roamed around in the offensive zone. They really they had set positions on paper, but I remember Petro ending up in front of the net, and I remember David Perron ending up up at the point. I remember Ryan O'Reilly ending up at the blue line, and guys were everywhere. Yeah. That's why they were successful, is they were hard to hard to cover. You don't know who the hell yeah, is you where. You can't plan that. And so these guys are all so gifted offensively, instinctively, that they'll figure it out. And adding a Mike Hoffman to the mix, I mean, look, he's always going to be open, and when he gets it, he's going to put it in the back of the I'm net. getting a boner. All right, good. Uh, I, I well, saw while it move. You sit there and do that. I'm a little uh, <laughs> while he's doing that. Can we get uh, a little blanket or something over there? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Wait, dim, I just got excited. Dim the lights or something. <laughs> it, it, could you explain, you know, it's been a while since we did a podcast. The Hoffman thing happened you know, since the last time we all talked, can you explain the whole PTO? Because it's a um, non-traditional use of a PTO, in, yeah, in my opinion. To me, and Donnie and I were talking right before we started, it was almost like the Blues gave him a promise ring and said, you come stay with us, you be with us. And then when this money down here frees up, we're going to give you this money, but legally he, ha- he he can go sign with somebody else. So if you'd explain it to the layman. Yeah, please. no. Okay, so this was – we talk about Doug Armstrong being a wizard at times and how he spun the Petrangelo into Krug and how he's done some great things. The O'Reilly trade, the Braden Shen trade. Lately, I mean, he's on fire. Like, I want to go to Vegas with Doug Armstrong. <laughs> right, sure. I don't think he wants to go with me. However, <laughs> I would like to go with Army because apparently everything he hits on pays out. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, here's the situation. The Blues have they have zero cap space as it sits right now. But once the puck drops, actually they could put Alexander Steen on long-term injury and it would free up three quarters of the amount of money. But if they wait till the first puck drop of the season, then they get full cap relief on Vladdy and Steener. And so then you have like twelve point five million that or thirteen point two rather comes off the books as far as what you're obligated to. So now you got a ton of cap space on paper. Go but ahead. you have to keep enough space for when Tarasenko's healthy because once he is healthy and goes back on the, the – then his money goes back on the cap. His ba- Yes, his money goes back on the cap. This is why the Alexander Steen thing is so important because Vince Dunn signed for 1.875. Right. So now what – if you do the math, which I'm not smart enough, if you do 5.75 minus 1.85, whatever's left basically is going to Hoffman. Okay. Right? And now gotcha. Mike Hoffman, he's taking less – to play here for the Blues. And he's taking a chance with the PTO because it's just a tryout is what it is. Right. And somebody could. Like if like I joked about this the other day, like the Chicago Blackhawks unfortunately have some trouble with Jonathan Taze. He's got an illness that they're not sure what it is. Wish him well. Hope he gets better and he gets back on the ice because I'd much rather play against him than to have him not part of the game. Correct. But that's a team there. They go, hold Listen, we're missing one of our top scorers, uh, and if he's on long term, Jonathan Taze, that's like ten or eleven million dollars freed up. Wow. Hey, Mike Hoffman, we'll give you six. Mm. Blues can't go there. They can't. Go, they can't. They just can't. Mathematically, can't get there. Now, that being said, I believe that there is an agreement, the promise ring agreement that you alluded to, Jeff. That hey, we're bringing you to camp. You know, you're on the team. You're going to be part. We just have to wait. We have to wait right up until the first game of the season. And then you'll get paid and you'll be part of the team. Now, the the best thing about it is there's no risk for Mike Hoffman because traditionally you'd have five or six, seven pre, preseason games that you'd have to play, and he would play like three, four. On a PTO, you usually play more than not. 
Well, there's no risk. It's all practice and inner squad, and no one's going to hit them. If mm-hmm. they do, they're stupid. You know, so you kind of rub them out a little bit and just be like, okay, we're good. So the risk for Mike Hoffman is low, and the return could be very high because if the Blues, to your point earlier and your point about the power play being so powerful, potent, if he puts 40 goals up this year, what do you think his stock is after the season? Oh, baby. Yeah. And he's on a good team, so he's going to get that playoff experience. He's never really been on a great team. He was in Ottawa where they had one good year. The rest of it was kind of dog shit. And Florida is in that rebuild kind of mode. They weren't really a part of it last year, kind of, sort of, not really. Now he's with the St. Louis Blues, who are a cup contender. Is this speaking of enough pucks to go around? Is there a conversation with him ahead of time, like, "Hey, this is what this is what our plan is for you for the power play," or is he just well, looking for a when gig you have at a guy point? that scores that many power play goals? It's just kind of you a, know, you walk you know. in the room, you know, you're you're there for a reason. Like okay. Mike Hoffman's not a fighter, right? So right. you're not going to put him out there to fight. He's a goal scorer on the power play. So where are you going to put him? I just I just fear somebody not getting enough balls thrown to them, like you guys were saying. Somebody's going to be upset. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, footballs, exactly. You know what I mean? Like a Tarasenko kind of situation where somebody's going to get butthurt because they're on line two of the power yeah. play or something to that effect. There's so with somebody as risk. important to him as him, you would think they would have that conversation, but I guess it's kind of understood. It's kind of understood, and there's always that, that, that possibility. But let's be honest here. If you want to win hockey games, you got to get it to the guys who can put it in the net. And sure. He's the guy that at the end of it all, he puts it in the back of the net. And if you do have a Tarasenko or Perron that starts to score – that means there's somebody that's going to cover those guys more. Guess who becomes wide open again? Mm, Mike Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. All right, so with the addition of Hoffman, I mean, I think that that brings up some questions about some guys that were on that, that you know, that were in that bubble to get some of those top six, six minutes. Zach Sanford, Jordan Cairo. What does this mean for those guys? And even some of maybe the fourth liners like McKeckern and things like that. How does this trickle down and affect those guys and also this is kind of a separate thing and Jeff and I talked about this a bit before oh behind my back yep. a little yeah. pretty much yeah all right so Jordan Cairo this seems to start being some critical time for him here because at some point we're going to say to him well if this, you know like if he doesn't get to top six minutes, then he doesn't really need to be out there. But you know what I mean? It starts me, to bring I'm up quote, huge issues. I'm going to quote a local sportscaster who I heard say, and I'm paraphrasing probably, it's time for him to show whether he's going to be the next Ty Ratty. That's the name I couldn't find. Yes, Ty Ratty. Yeah. Is this Ty Ratty again? Where did you hear that, Jeff? I don't know. I, I was on Kim. Yeah. Did you say it? I, is believe, that what this I joke is? believe it was Jamie Rivers. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. There we go. But seriously. <laughs> Sorry. I listen a little bit. But Sorry. this feels Thank like Tyrady really, part two. It really does. Yes. Okay. And that's why that's why I said it is Tyrady was a high scoring guy coming out of junior, never quite found that well rounded game, and Hitch couldn't play him. Hitch wouldn't play him because he's like, I just can't do it. He's not good enough offensively to be in the top six, but he's certainly not good enough to play bottom six defensively. And so he never found a home. You're kind of in no man's land. And, yeah, unfortunately for Jordan Cairo, there was the pandemic, too, because a lot of times a player like that will go back down to the minors and play more and more and more and play in every situation. He hasn't had that opportunity and probably not going to get that opportunity this year. The AHL probably won't start till mid to late February, which is, you know, you're a month and a half into the NHL season at that point. He's got to figure it out, guys. And I... I just think that the runway might be too short for him to figure it out. Um, with Mike Hoffman there, and then if Vladdy comes back at some point, you got to think of the trickle-down effect. That's some, some 
big bodies. I don't mean physically. I mean with their game, how well they play. Those are big bodies coming back into the lineup that push everybody down. And if that's the case, you're not going to end up with Jordan Cairo on your fourth line when you could have Oscar Sundquist playing right winger. Yeah. Okay, so then here is sort of a, a follow-up just about about Cairo, and then we'll talk about Sanford and other things. So at what point, if you're Doug Armstrong, are you kind of starting to gauge – Kairou and, and if there's trade interest and what you can get for him. Oh, I you, bet you, right now, right? Yeah. Really? So now, oh, so it's started. Yeah. yeah. Like you're looking at it and you go, okay, where can we find this guy good minutes? So third line minutes, right? You put him with like a, like a Bozak and a Sanford or a Bozak and a Blay. And you say, okay, here you go, kid. Like you're going to get good minutes, probably 12 to 14 minutes a game, which is a lot for yeah, a four. It's a yeah. good chunk of change. And he's got to do something. And you're hoping. You're hoping he plays well. Then you slide him a little bit into the second power play unit. Maybe he starts scoring a little bit. You want that stock to rise because if, then you get maximum trade value. Right. So, and and he, he sees all this. He knows all this, right? He feels all of this. As a player, the one thing that you feel is that I want to play. I want to play. I'm better than what they're giving me credit for. They're not letting me show what I can do. And at the end of the day, guess whose responsibility it is? It's Jordan Kairos. Right. You know, that's something- that sounds a lot like Tage Thompson after he left town, if you guys remember yeah. correctly. He, it- he said something like not getting his shot. Not getting his shot. Yeah. Well, you is, earn it. Is, is yeah. this the exact same conversation for Zach Sanford? Is it the same? Everything. Thing? All those guys. So Sanford and Blay. Uh, Kairou, those guys are all in the same boat right now. Even Sammy Blay. Well, Sammy Blay, too. Yeah, Sammy Blay, for a different reason, he's got to prove that he can stay healthy. Uh, got it. He's been hurt every single season, and it's been like not just like a bump or a bruise. Like It's like, okay, it's going to be four to six weeks. He's okay. going to be that guy because that's how he plays, though. And that's he's not a, a big A lot fella. of people played that way in I, the history of the game and didn't miss that much Right, time. yeah, oh, I yes. completely, completely you know understand I mean? that. Yeah, absolutely, and that's my frustration with the guy is if he, if he could put – a season together, he could he could be amazing. Do you, as a coach, go look, dude? Don't fly into everything like no, a wrecking you ball. No. You don't. Then you're changing don't the change game. Your game. Right. I hate to say it this way, but as a coach, you're like I don't care. Really, this is your job. We need that guy. He is our, he's our scud missile, and he's got to run around. And I don't really care if he gets hurt. Like, find, find another scud let missile. Me, how do I? How do you, I? You care how do about I word the human that right? being, and that you don't want him to get hurt. But that's what his job is, and if that's what happens, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. that's what happens. It's like if you have a car, a race car, and you want it to go faster than every other car, you're pushing it to the maximum. If you blow out the engine while trying to win a race, you're like, ah, at least we're trying to win the race, right? right. It's not you don't care about the car. It's going to cost you money. It's pain in the ass. Maybe you love that car, but at the end of the day, you want it to win. And you push it to the maximum of its ability. Same thing with a hockey player. Same with any athlete, really, as you push them as far as you can push them, and you hope they don't break. Okay, so one of the things that we talked about earlier on in the podcast was, you know, there's no uh, wiggle room, no time to warm up in Blues camp this year. You're getting in, you're getting going. How, as the coach, do you, for lack of a better term, ride ass this early in camp and not burn everybody out before you even get things started? Or is that not even a concern? It's, it's like, hey, dude, concern. you're hockey players. Let's go. It's not even a concern. Okay. It's the same thing for every team. So Yeah, and you've got a shortened season. You've got a team that's pissed off that they lost to the Vancouver Canucks last year. Right now, if I'm a player and Craig Berube isn't riding ass on day one, I'm going to go up to him and ask him, what, has he given up? Right. 
I'll get punched in the face. Right. <laughs> can you record? Can you record? Can we get good content out of that? Right. How soon? Uh, you know, and, and kind of maybe. Hopefully, I'm not flying off of your rails here. But no. how soon until you see? Do you think we see a backup goalie? Billy Huso, how soon until he well, it's going to be early. You think it's going to be you early get because his, the amount of games you got to get his feet wet, Jeff. Second series? How are, we, how are we feeling about this, boys? So this is the biggest concern I have with the Blues right now is they have nine back-to-back games. And if, if history proves me right, most of the time, almost every single time, they, they go with the other goalie in the back-to-back game. Whether you lead with the opposite goalie or you lead with your number one goalie, the other guy usually gets the other game, whatever it is. So that means nine games right there out of a 52-game schedule. Nine games automatically for Ville Husso. Now you're going to sprinkle in a couple extras here because you want to get, you'd like to get him to around 15 starts so that Jordan Bennington has some gas left in the tank. That's 15 games in a 52-game season, guys. That's a big difference. Like, right. that's a difference maker. And... Look, Billy Husa, we had Chief on not too long ago, uh, last week on uh, 101 uh, on the fast lane, and he just said f- flat out, he said, he's a big goalie, he blocks a lot of the net, and he's very competitive. Okay. That's it. Those are good things, I what guess. What worries me the most about this. Can he skate backwards? He can. <laughs> okay. He's actually pretty right. agile that good. way. Good, good. I believe he can do the splits. Okay, good. I figured that'd be important for you. Jeff. Well, you can always make money if you can do the splits. Uh, that saying. is not a lie. That's not a lie. It's a hard living, but you can always make money. You guys are idiots. So, I love it. Now, as a big shot blocking goalie, sometimes the rebound control is not great. And therefore, the biggest concern with young goalies who are shot blocking type goalies is the second and third chance pucks that lie around there. And the NHL is a pretty good league. And a lot of times there's players that come down the wing or from the corner and they're not even shooting the score. They're shooting for the rebound because they see their teammates are within the vicinity and then can pick up the loose change and put it home, right? So Villahuso is going to have to swallow up pucks and make sure that they don't leave. You know, that they just hit them and fall right in front of them. He can cover it up. He's got control. Or he's got to direct these pucks with his stick and his blocker and his glove to non-dangerous areas, which would be back to the corners. Push it away from the danger area, which is right in front of the net or right in the crease. That will be determined quickly. If he can't handle that, if he's not able to to put pucks in non-dangerous air, if he keeps the play alive sometimes, that's really tiring on the decor. It's really tiring on the five-man unit that's out there. And you got a noticeably short, a smaller uh, Tory Krug trying to keep people away from him as well while the puck's bouncing Listen, around. you're not as good defensively this year, okay? As good as Tory Krug is, and we're so... Happy about our defensive core. You've lost Alex Petrangelo and Jay Bolmeister. Yeah. Two of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Jay Bolmeister, completely underrated, but I never felt uncomfortable when he was out there, ever. And so now you've got replacement guys in there that are great players, like Justin Falk will play more, but is he ready for that defensive responsibility? Tori Krug will play top four minutes, but again, to your point, are you ready for him to be clear in the net and, and more solid defensively? What I'd rather do is just have a goalie not give up those opportunities, therefore just eliminating that factor of the game. So I'm already tired of people bitching about Justin Folk, and it hasn't even happened yet. But I feel like he is going to be a lightning rod here, most certainly, as this season gets started. You sign a seven-year deal. And you should. Yeah, you better. What, What does he have to do? What does he have to do that he has not been doing before? And it seems as though 
this will give him full-on opportunity to be the seven million dollar guy that the Blues signed a year ago. He's gonna. What are we? What are we looking for when, when we're watching Justin Falk? How do we know he's playing his best game? Well, when you don't notice him. Okay. Okay, and that's that's an old thing. Jimmy Roberts, who used to coach here, and when I first broke in with the Blues, is I had moments in the game where. I just make the dumbest decision ever. High-risk play. Either it was a pass through the middle of the ice or I step up, try to pinch on something, do something that was like, oh, boy. And Jimmy used to say, I want you to have a game where I don't even know you're out there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have that uh-oh moment. I want you to have a game where all of a sudden they go, wow, did Rivs play tonight? Not in a bad way. Want me to do well, but not be noticeable in a negative way. Yeah. Justin Falk has to do that. And, yeah, he can step up and have a hit every now and then. It'd be nice to notice him that way. But I'm talking more defensively and opportunities for the other team. I don't want to notice him, which means that he's playing a very quiet game out there and that there's no blunders. He's got a lot of work to do, guys. He did not have a good season last year. His his ability to break the puck out of the defensive zone was substandard. His defensive coverage was substandard. His play selection at times was way off the map. But he has had a great career, okay? And I'm hoping we didn't trade for what he was. I hope we traded for what he still can be. And I think that's the jury out on him right now is can he still play what he once was? That's up to Justin Falk to figure it out. And you've said before, and I think this season is the first season where he's going to be switched around to to the to the better side now. It'll be his natural side, right? His, yeah, his they, natural side. Because just I think it was last night. I was I was talking to my one of my kids about the thing that you said, where when you're playing on your offside in the NHL, you get the puck, you about it, you have about an eighth of a second to decide what to do with it, and being on your correct side is amazing for that sort of thing. So maybe that'll help as well. It should, and yeah, playing your offside is very difficult because you have a bigger blind spot looking up the ice, and then if you get challenged in a defensive way. A lot of times your only play is a backhand, like through the middle of the ice, which, again, we shouldn't be doing that, no. okay? Not unless your name is, you know, Victor Hedman or one of those guys. We'll forgive it. Right. <laughs> um, but not when you're Justin Falk. You're probably not going to forgive that. But, yeah, playing on his strong side is going to help him tremendously. Getting more ice time will put him into a groove. And there's something to be said to where every time there's a situation where you're I always say you're throwing a leg over the boards. Like, you know, you don't even have to coach doesn't even have to tap you. No, it's your turn to go out there because you know this is my power play. This is my penalty kill. This is my line. This is my matchup. And every time it happens, I'm over the boards. You get into a rhythm that way, and it's amazing what that does for your gameplay. And so Justin Falk has to find his rhythm. I uh, since since we are bitching, do you mind if I I also bitch? Oh yeah, I like the, it when it's somebody other than me. Okay, perfect. It's it's a real I nice just change. You of guys ran out of words there. I'm like, no. holy shit! No, Jeff no. and I just to take this, just to let you I've know, got what a, I've got to vamp the rest of the show. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff and I looked at each other, waiting for each other to talk, and we both just froze. <laughs> they had a moment of silence, staring into each other's eyes. Yes. I, was like, I got Honestly, lost. Wow. I got lost. I even stopped. I'm like, am I supposed to stop talking now? <laughs> Donnie, are those hazel? That's beautiful. It's that beautiful. Um, no, as far as bitching is concerned, and I. I know everybody's going to yell and scream about this, but I'll be the first one to say, uh, remember everybody when we didn't have hockey and then it was announced and then uh, we're going to be in a time zone where the games are going to be late. And then you turned into a, a, a bitch 
uh, over it. Remember that, everybody? Why Unbelievable. Uh, because he and I talked about it, again, oh. before he got here, behind your, <laughs> behind your back. Thank but you. I have so much respect for so many people that I am now kind of bummed at where everybody that was saying, come on, hockey, let's do this. Oh, come on, do that. Come on, do that. Announce something. Agree this. What's the dates? Let's do And then when it's announced, the first thing everybody does is bitches that maybe you got to stay up an extra hour. Here's, it's still hockey, for Christ's sake. Here is my thing. Would you rather not have it? My thing is not the time. My 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 complaint was who we're who we're playing against. I oh, would have yeah. just rather have liked to play the Hawks, the Wings, sure. the Wild, the, those guys. Okay, but you know what's better? Having actual hockey, yeah. even if it's against the Ducks or a team that I don't give a shit about. Right. And also, too, it's going to be tough over there in the Pacific or wherever the hell we are. And if you're going to win, you got to be goddamn good. And so the Blues are going to have to prove. Might that. as well see how you are against those teams anyway, right? Here, here's what I don't. I cannot wait to see them play Vegas, man. And I'm sorry. And here's what I don't get. Okay, is so they announced the thing that the game, that there's going to be a bunch of games at 9:30. All right, and everybody goes, ah, crap. I got to stay up a little bit later to watch the games. Okay. Okay, then I think to myself, you got a couple of days to, you know, get the fuck over it because it's <laughs> hockey and it's not that big of a deal. And you see people continuing to just bitch and bitch and complain. And I'm like, guys, the alternative to this is no hockey, is no blues at all. This is silly to I, me. I think it's the same amount of late games as normal, too, isn't it? I don't like, know. I don't know. I don't like, know. How no, I mean, like percentage wise well, or no, something. Well, actually, no. If you do the percentages, every game is going to be percentage wise well, yeah, out of the zone, sure. right? So it's okay, Jeff. I got you, bro. <laughs> now, but no, I thought I heard Kerber say that. It no, but maybe it was after some whiskey. What Kerber, Who knows? Well, both of you, maybe. Yeah. But no, what, what he meant by that is you still had to play those teams at some point in the season uh, okay, out yeah. west. And anyway, so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. right? But now, ordinarily, you wouldn't play them as much as you're playing them now, and it wouldn't be every almost every game in a western time zone. Right. You know? So, it, listen, people have a beef here. They do. and I, I, I'll be watching the games. Heck, it actually, guys, it works out better for me. Because then I can finish the radio show and go down and do TV without any interruption. Well, you don't awesome. have to use the, the copter anymore. I don't have to yeah. use the copter anymore. Or Which is safer for everybody. It's much safer because Cheaper, I got you know. my license online. It, right. it was a great It was a great. It was a helicopter with two L's, though. <laughs> and it was some way from like some guy from Peru that gave it to me. But anyways. Dude, I get up at 2.15 in the morning. Guess what? I will be watching. Sorry. I'll it be is watching. what it is, man. I, I have to apologize it, to the listeners now, but I'm going to be up. Sorry. Yeah, and, and let's just go back to the obvious. We're in a friggin' pandemic. It's not over, okay? <laughs> We're going to have to deal with things as they come here. Heck, college football, moving games from the historic Rose Bowl stadium to Arlington so they can have some fans in this. Right now, I'm in a, like, whatever works, plug it in. And, and I don't it, care. Yeah, and it's not disrespect from the NHL or for N, no. you know from oh. the, the networks or any of that stuff. Can, that was another one. Can we? Can, can it's we, the NHL trying to do the Blues bad. Oh, my God. Didn't, we have, didn't <laughs> we have an outdoor game? Didn't we have a Winter Classic schedule? It, it feels like, and, oh and I don't gosh. feel like this just with Blues fans necessarily, but just the St. Louis sports fan in general, which I am one and a very proud one, but it feels like there is this huge freaking chip on our shoulder all the time about Everything. Yeah. Like, the Cardinals were good for 20 years, but then if there was a playoff game that ended up being on TBS instead of ESPN, oh, well, the national media, blah, blah, blah. Like, right. it just seems like, guys, like, just, we, it's sort of like this Midwest mentality where we always think we're getting hosed. We're not, man. Like, it's just not like no, that. No, there's like plenty of respect in the NHL. Are, who cares? 
like it. that's the way I look at it is if you have the, the ability as ESPN, let's just say, to broadcast Yankees versus the Red Sox in a playoff game, are you broadcasting that or are you doing the Brewers and the Cardinals? Yeah, yeah. man. Right. Yeah. Like I'm just saying, right, yeah. as a business model, but it doesn't mean that they're screwing us over. And then I can guarantee you this, the St. Louis Blues are actually – National darlings now. They really are. After their Stanley Cup run in 2019, the media or the, the big networks can't wait to do blues games. They love it. They love the story because it's easy content. All of our broadcasters know the story now of the Cinderella team that came back. So for two or three years straight, they can use that, talk about certain players, talk about Craig Berube. It's easy. And the Blues play a real competitive game. That's why they're starting the season on national TV. NBC's covering in a triple header. The Blues will be playing the Avalanche in their season opener. That's why. Because people now like the St. Louis Blues. It is what it is. Yeah. Take it or leave it. I don't care. As long as Fox Sports Midwest keeps paying me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and and here's, here's the wonderful thing. So we're sitting here recording this on January the 3rd. Homies, we are 10 days away from Blues Hockey the Mad Crazy. Yeah, yeah that's man. So fantastic. That's so great. I can't even, like, I'm trying to digest that too as I'm thinking about the guys going on the ice today and going, holy crap. Hey, man, yeah. will them not being able to play exhibition games? Obviously, when we were talking about Billy Huso, I was thinking, man, exhibition games are oh, yeah. sorely missed this year. I know the guys probably hate to play those because of the risk of injury and those kinds of things. But how is that going to work out? Will we see some of that in those first two games? Oh, my or, God, yeah. Or, or how long will that – you know what? Here's a better question. How long will that sort of lack of of preseason games have a hangover in that first week or two of the year? I think it's going to be pretty sloppy the first handful of games. It, will be, it will be everybody in the NHL yeah. that has to go through it. And the team that can get through it the quickest will have the greatest success. I know that sounds like an obvious thing. Um, it is obvious, but you got to try and figure it out quickly. It's going to be, it'll take five, six, seven, maybe even eight games before you find. Heck, it could be halfway through the season Damn. before teams figure out what they really are. And the problem with that is it's 52 games. Yeah, so, man. I mean, you think can't... about it 25 games, you're like, oh, 25 games is nothing, right? Oh, right. no, it's almost F season. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's, you know, when you're talking about who's so and getting that many games and not just to, 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 you know, pin it on him, but, I mean, that's a sizable no, part lose, of the schedule. Him, Donnie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Even if he's not in the net, right. we're going to blame him. Okay? I'm just saying that that's a sizable part of the schedule that you're turning over to somebody with no NHL experience. Yeah. You know, so that's a little. Yeah. Huh. What is their, what's the blue schedule uh, as far as like right now? Like what are they doing today? What are oh, they, God. what are they doing ramping up to the 13th? Well, the best thing about it is they've all been on the ice seriously for over a month now. In the last three to four weeks, I can tell you this, we've been running practices every single day, like a real practice, going over systems, going over all sorts of stuff to get the jump on the regular season. So today, it's going to be literally like the first practice of your final roster is what it's going to be. Just like you do before regular season starts, you trim the fat, then you get down. And so now you're literally at the point where you have your team plus a few extra guys that you're going to run through practice every day. But every day is a work day. There's going to be a lot of video. There's going to be a lot of on ice, a lot of discussions, a lot of talking, a lot of ironing things out, and a lot of hard work. Like Craig Bruby's probably going to run them 40 to 45 minutes, which doesn't sound like much, but when you run it at high tempo, right, yeah. it's a lot. And you don't want to go too long because you don't want to burn your guys out or have hip flexors or groins start to go because they're not used to some of that taxing stuff. 
which also, guys, that's another one in the first you know week, 10 days. Guys have had no resistance, okay? And what I mean by that is they haven't been bumped into or just nudged to where your body recalibrates itself, right? Because your groins, they help you stay, they help you with your balance. Your hip flexors help you power through things. Your shoulders, uh, you know, they're used to taking a bit of it. They got some scar tissue built up. There's nothing right now. So the first time that they get hit, bumped into, restrained in any way, those muscles go, it's like, hey, wake up, time to go to work now. And sometimes they're not willing to wake up. And then so, boom, there goes a groin, there goes a hip flexor. That's why having, you know, the taxi squad and those guys is going to be so important. And that's why the depth that the Blues have, even with their taxi squad guys, is going to be very, very important. All right, let's 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 have a little bit of fun here, okay? Okay. It's the first period of the first game to play in Colorado, right? Yeah. We're eight minutes into the first period. Blues get a uh, two-minute power play. Who do you, Who's the five you throw out there? Well, I got Krug on defense. I got Krug, Hoffman playing the point, or Krug and Perron playing the point, whoever you want there. I got O'Reilly, Shen, and Hoffman. Hoffman, Hoffman on the blue line I, gives me what Donnie was dealing with earlier over here, if you remember what he was dealing with. Just say those five again. It starts me to tingle. I, my, my first, the, the first, how is Hoffman defensively, Is it weird though? that we're doing that same thing? Yeah. <laughs> Hoffman defensively. The puck skips over his blade, yep. and now we're running backwards with it. Is he going to be a liability, or that's... If you look at the Blues power play last you're okay year, with that. they went with four forwards and one D. Yeah, right. That's the this standard is why I bring that NHL. up. That's okay to do. All right, so... It's, yeah. Is that the five you go with? I think that's the five I go with. Well, I'll trust you guys. Guys, man, I don't, I don't. I mean, I, I I just appreciate that we are at a point in Blues hockey history where Mike Hoffman, who is right now or was the number one free agent out there, wants to take a PTO and a little less money <laughs> so he can play on our team. I like this. Donnie, I like this a lot. I think it's because of Centene Center. I really do. I think it's because of the, the facilities, facility, uh-huh. and the ability to possibly meet me one day. Right. He did well, say that was important. You know, it's I mean, understandable. To be on this amazing podcast. And the Army someday. did bring me into the negotiation. Negotiation. Nice. Um, but wow. Donnie, if you really want to make it move, okay? Yeah. Picture a power play where you have Tarasenko and Hoffman on the same power play. Mm. It moved. Okay. Oh, it's it's right. really moved. Okay, but then Clean here, up. let's let's okay, hold on. Let's balance this real quick I before we're hat. done. <laughs> Who else in the Pacific will we be fighting? Obviously Vegas. They are gonna be fantastic. Who else is going to be up there in the upper epsilon with with hopefully the blues and, and Vegas? The top three for sure, Colorado, Vegas, and the Blues. After that, it's a mix. Like Arizona, I don't really know what the hell they are anymore. Um, They never did come to fruition the way they wanted to, but they're still good enough to be annoying, and they seem to play the Blues really, really well. Mm -hmm. So Arizona will be there. Arizona's got a couple of guys where their window isn't closed, but it's kind of It's starting to slide downward. Um, L.A.'s going to be a much-improved team. They've done a good job of – you know, kind of retooling what they have there. San Jose is still going to be a pain in the ass, even though they're not the juggernaut they once were. I think I hate Eric Carlson now. By the way, getting back to the Kings real fast. Sorry, that was random. I just, I don't, I, hate, I think I hate that guy. Let's Donnie, put a pin in that and come back here. to that. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speak freely. Yes, don't worry Sorry. that your mic's on. Getting Sorry. back to the Kings real quickly, I, I believe one of my favorite things about the Alexander Steen retirement was the constant video of him stealing the puck from Jonathan Quick yeah. and, and scoring. I, mean, I could never stand that that goalie. Really? And, oh my God! You what, wouldn't what? like him wearing a blue. Oh no! Absolutely. I'm just saying. I'm not sure we would hang out. Dude, I felt I'm like saying. there were two years where I would wake up with nightmares of Jonathan oh Quick making God. unbelievable saves and on blue players. And being a douche man. about it too. Did really? I you didn't. Know, yeah. I didn't. I didn't I gather that. Yeah. I think it's part of the job requirement that when you're a good goalie, 
You just have a certain demeanor to you. Love to have him on my team. Don't you got to have it. Don't like, get me wrong. I, I, there's some, some people for for sure that hate Jordan Bennington. Oh, sure. Oh, they dude, hate absolutely. his little arrogance, his little whatever. And they're like, well, who the hell is this guy? He's only, he's only won one cup. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, exactly. Say that again. Yeah, it's one he's more won cup than you got, Jack. Only and one. <laughs> the only cup he's ever appeared in, he's won. No big deal. Yeah, so yeah, pretty so, good batting average. I, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm just really excited to, to for this to get going and, yeah. and for us to have hockey to watch and you know and to be doing this and to be talking. I think one of the for me, man, one of the one of the most fun parts about doing this podcast with you guys is I legitimately learn about the game, and yeah. I feel like I'm watching the game a little bit different than before. Now, I'm still a dummy, don't get me wrong, and that's why you correct me, but it's just really a, a, a lot of fun to be able to watch the team, have questions, and then know that I'm going to be able to come back and ask you guys about and for the And for the people who listen to this podcast, Donnie and I are the fans that love hockey, and we watch it, and then we have questions, and we bring it to the guy who used to play yeah. the game yeah. for many, many years. And what I take from this is I listen to it, after we do it, and then I watch the game, and I take things from the podcast and go, okay, yeah, I remember when Jamie said this. I remember, oh, my God, that was about an eighth of a second from when he got the puck to when he released it. That's the education that I get from it. Yeah, yeah, and I always like to think Hopefully that it I... goes towards my GED. I don't know if it does. <laughs> I always like to think I know what I'm talking about until I talk to Jamie. Right, and then same I go, here. Oh, yeah, wait, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't know a damn thing. <laughs> right, but you he doesn't are, know anything besides You guys are setting me hockey. up right now, by the way, for the massive kick in the balls, because there's going to be one day where I, like, spout off on something, and it's going to be completely wrong and then people would be like why would I, that river sucks well here's what we got mondays and thursdays look for the last minute blues podcast we're going to put this son of a bitch everywhere that you could possibly download it uh, but mondays and thursdays look for it plenty of hockey to talk about hopefully as the season goes on and we're able we're going to hopefully be bringing in some guests and things but obviously a lot of that is going to be determined on you know on covid rules and things and the one thing that i want to challenge everybody who's listening is to share it please subscribe and share it that way there we keep coming back week after week and the guests when they see that we have more listeners the guests get bigger and better yes and so that way you know we have some staying power here with the last minute blues podcast so yeah subscribe share it Talk about it. Lie about it. Say it's great. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, say it's fantastic. Jeff hears that all the time. This is the first time, that I think, ever that I am closing out the Last Minute Blues podcast without you two saying something at least potentially offensive to close the thing out. I actually don't know how to close this thing out naturally. We could be in the car by now if you'd shut up. That's a good point. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The works. Point, former Blue defenseman Jamie Rivers, and uh, one of the hosts of the Fast Lane on uh, 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers. So, uh, gentlemen, we'll do it again on Thursday. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.